on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. Well, welcome. This is really part two of my conversation with Jeff Hines. As you learned last time, he's the assistant pastor at the church where my wife and I not only attend, but we're actually members of that church uh, here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. If you haven't listened to part one, I would suggest you you go back one episode and start there because this one right now is, is really uh, part two. So uh, welcome again, uh, Jeff. Thanks very much, Rand. I'm glad to continue the conversation this week. So in part one, we, we talked especially about Jesus' resurrection, giving us hope in, in this life, in our present circumstances. And, and I know the Apostle Paul, as he's writing 1 Corinthians 15, doesn't neatly divide it into two parts, you know, hope in this life and then hope for the future right. life, the life to come. But maybe we can start focusing more on that, that our future and, and even the life to come when, when Jesus returns uh, someday. Um, yep. Could you read some of those uh, verses, maybe starting, I don't know, with verse uh, 20 or so? Glad to. Might get yep. us started. Great. Mm -hmm. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive but each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Powerful words and, and pointing us uh, to the future that when Jesus comes again, we too are going to be raised. Our bodies will come alive again in that final day. You know, thinking back to that sermon that you preached, uh, you used some powerful illustration about uh, stories. I know last time we got into it a little bit about stories, how we all need stories, a narrative of our life to kind of help make sense of our life and to sort of organize our lives and to, yeah, where, where does that, that story of our life uh, end up? And when we're in Christ, it ends up in a very uh, a good place. Mm -hmm. um, I can recall you even referred to Marvel Comics. I, yeah, I found yeah, that yeah. a bit uh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe you could share with our listeners something of what you, you, you said about the a character in Marvel Comics. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was very struck by what, what the Apostle Paul says here, that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So mm -hmm. death here is not is not spoken about as a, a thing, but it's spoken about as an enemy. Um, and an enemy has has like has power, has a, a kind of agency, has um, you know an agenda. Um, so I was very struck by that. And and then my mind went to. Um, the uh, the Marvel universe where in uh, in uh, where the last couple of movies have have featured this enemy whose name is Thanos, mm. uh, which is derived from the Greek word for death, Thanatos. Mm -hmm. uh, so here is this this great enemy, this this terrible enemy who's gonna who's gonna wipe out, um, you know, the, 
tremendous uh, loss of life and, and uh, right. Uh, and he's the enemy. And, and so uh, these, and these Marvel movies are like blockbuster runaway. Like people are watching these and, and going and this, they're, they're, they're so successful in our culture. So I'm very interested when, um, a story like captures the imagination of our, of our culture. And I want as, as someone thinking about the gospel and how to bring the gospel into our culture in a way that the culture is going to listen. Um, I, I want to go there. I want to dwell on that and look at that. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, so I, I was, I was thinking about the, uh, Marvel, um, <laughs> enemy, uh, whose name is death, um, Thanos. And then I, I got thinking about the, uh, the Marvel heroes who, uh, fight against death and that, I could say more about that if, if there's time, Bren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminds me what of certain storytellers, Christian believers who told stories and personified some of this. I mean, C.S. Lewis does that spectacularly, of course, uh, personifying certain characters kind of out of the scripture or at least in line with, with the Christian story. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, John Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress. So yeah, it's quite powerful, isn't it, to mm -hmm. to think of our enemy death as an actual physical character who stands against us. And uh, yeah. and maybe we can riff on that just a little bit. But I don't know. Do you think maybe sometimes you know when Christians die? I don't know if you've been to many funerals, but it it seems nowadays it's it's the emphasis on celebration of life and mm -hmm. Christians mm -hmm. aren't really supposed to be sad when death strikes a loved one. I, I don't know. It sometimes strikes me that what happened to the enemy character of death mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and shouldn't we yeah. kind of yeah. grieve in a way? Yeah. I mean, death is defeated, but, but still an enemy. That's right. No, it's, it's a, it's, this is, it's a challenging word that uh, to, to wrestle with this. The apostle Paul the word of God says that death is an enemy, hmm. an enemy, and I think I think that's a that's a challenging word that we we need to not um, downplay that or move past it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, because uh, if we if we like reckon with this with this like uh, tremendously powerful enemy. Uh, that is that is in the world that has wrecked all kinds of uh, devastation upon our mm -hmm. upon our world upon the cosmos. Um, it really it, it it so glorifies the victory of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. because as as great and as powerful as the enemy is, uh, so much greater is the victory of Jesus Christ against that powerful enemy. Jesus is a champion. He is a, he is, he's mighty, uh, and his, and his cross and, and resurrection is, um, an astonishing victory over, over a very powerful enemy. Mm -hmm. A real um, hero, and, not just a, a superhero who can look far or throw lightning bolts. But, oh, I know. I, I know. I, 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 I have fun with that, too, thinking about how, you know, to kind of, okay, uh, the enemy in Marvel is death, and the enemy in the Word of God is, is death. 
now to, to think about like the comparison of these heroes of like Marvel where, who are all, what, what, how do they fight? What do they do? They throw punches and they, and they, they, they shoot lightning bolts out of their eyes and they, you know, they wave their hands. Um, they, but you, you know, who's powerful, you know, who's powerful, the one who does not need to wave his hands, the one who does not even lift a finger in the fight. Mm-hmm. No. What does he do? How does he fight his enemy? He lets them execute him. Mm. He walks right into death mm. like a lamb led to the slaughter. Mm. And three days later, he just walks out of death. He, 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 that's it. I'm done being dead now. I'm going <laughs> to... That's over. Uh-huh. And he's, he's raised... And it's not, there's, there's no, uh, like from, okay. From Jesus side, there's not, there, there, there's no violence. Mm-hmm. He simply, as he says in the gospel of John, no, one, <laughs> no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. I lay it down. And then I, I take it up again. Oh, here the, oh, he's so, yeah. so, so assertive, so powerful, so, mm-hmm. so mighty over death. I, I just love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you know, our, so our podcast is Mission Upside Down. I mean, there's so much about the gospel. I mean, not only how we live out the gospel that is upside down, you know, when I am weak, then I am strong, as Paul says, but, but even thinking about Jesus, even applying this idea of a hero, the, the, the victor over sin and death and hell mm-hmm. and Satan, yeah. how he does not conquer with weapons or with eyes blazing with lightning bolts yeah. or he just, it's a very understated. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power. I mean, it is. it is a power, but he doesn't have to flaunt it, I guess. That's right. No, he doesn't. And he, and he never does in, in the, in the, the gospel narratives, like Jesus in, in one story, he, he gets off the boat in this region of the garrisons and, and there, there's a, there's a man there who is, uh, like the the gospel writer kind of takes pains to emphasize how like demon afflicted this man is like among all demon afflicted people he's like the worst mm-hmm. no one can control him everyone's terrified of him well Jesus gets off the boat and what does is, what is this man do uh, possessed by a legion of demons what does he do he runs toward Jesus and just and he hits the deck. He is like prostrate at his feet. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, what, what do you, what do you want from me, mm-hmm. son of the Most High? He just mm-hmm. falls down before Jesus' feet, and Jesus hasn't done anything but mm-hmm. get off the boat. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. It is. It is when you think about it. Yeah, the the depth of Scripture and God's revelation to us in Christ. It, it makes Jesus as a superhero, of course. <laughs> now I'm going off on a tangent here, but also more approachable for us who are frail. We we would probably be put off by a uh, Marvel comic book superhero who would yeah, dare to approach yeah. this tie. But here's Jesus, humble, a servant who washes his disciples' feet. Yeah, That's so well said, Rand. Yeah, it's approachable. Yeah, very yeah. approachable by us that, and by children. Like. Mm-hmm. Right, he, he's yes. absolutely warm and and uh, relatable, uh-huh. and he receives you. He, yeah. you come to him. You simply come to him, and he he receives you. And he has he has like <laughs> all, almighty power in a way that we cannot even 
understand, but it is so, um, his, his, his power is in the service, mm-hmm. uh, not, not to his glory and his, and well, uh, okay. What, what do I mean by that? Not in, not in a kind of crass, uh, self, right. self aggrandizing way. Right. Satisfying his ego. That, that's right. right. That's, the, that's, yep. that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, his, his power is, is in the service of, um, of uh, his people and their and their rescue and their mm-hmm. and their uh, growth in the faith and their um, conformity to his character and and certainly to his glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, in, <laughs> in a, the glory of God. Yes, in in a divine, glorious way. You know, that's kind of a good segue. You used an illustration, I recall, in that sermon about. Uh, you know, you did a lot of reading of stories and thinking about superheroes, and you kind of let your imagination go a bit. I recall you referring to a Robert Munch uh, illustration yeah, um, yeah, yeah. about, uh, you know, how some of his writings um, even changed people's reality uh, today. Maybe you could just tell us a bit, share a bit about Robert Munch and, and how he illustrated his children's books and wrote them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I was reading McLean's magazine, and I was, I was so struck by this um, feature story about Robert Munch. Uh, of course, um, Canadian author of children's books, prolific author. Um, and this, this article gives a profile of six different people who are all adults now. Uh, they're, they're in their 20s and 30s. But in their childhood, each one of these six adults uh, was the inspiration for a character in a Robert Munch story. Um, for example, uh, where is Ga Ning? Uh, this is the title of a, of a story that's about um, this adventure-seeking eight-year-old uh, who, who lives in the um, tiny, small town, northern Ontario, and she gets this plan to uh, escape her, her small town and ride a hot air balloon to go and visit the bright lights of Capus Casing, Ontario. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah. it's like whimsical and, and, um, and fun. And it, it came out of this letter um, corres- correspondence between this um, young girl and, and Robert Munch. Um, and over these stories, I, I was just struck by how the experience of uh, of a, of, of a person to be a, a young person, uh, to be, to be not only known by the author, this, this great author, this famous author, right. Also known um, by Americans, I might add, oh, Robert sure. Munch is, is an international, um, writer. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's, a, that, that's, that's right. To be known by him and, uh, and, and to you know, have the chance to correspond with him and, and, uh, mm-hmm. but not only that, he not only knows you, but he writes you into the story. Mm. And, and and that experience, uh, it, hearing from these these uh, six different people, the, the the theme was how how that how that how how they were they were so uh, overwhelmed by that and so proud and so excited and and thrilled how how like powerful and impactful that was for each one of them and. Um, I, I mean, I, I think of another one that, that uh, moved me, especially um, Loretta Reed is the name of a, um, 
a woman who, as a child, uh, she wrote a letter to Robert Munch and asking him to write a story about a kid who uses a wheelchair like her. Mm. And uh, a few weeks after she sent that letter, she got back in the mail the first draft of a story uh, titled Zoom. <laughs> and it's a it's a book about and I've, I've got a quote here um, it's a book about a girl who wrecks havoc in a nice new 92 speed black silver and red dirt bike wheelchair mm. and Robert Munch with his letter to her he said that if he ever turned this story into a book uh, he would dedicate it to her ah. and that is what happened in 2003 Zoom was published in 2003 Ah. And she's quoted in the article, she says that after the book came out, it was like people saw her in a different light. Uh, she wasn't just a, a person in a wheelchair anymore. She was the kid in the book. And it ah. didn't matter that she, 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 had, a, she had a disability. Uh -huh. um, Powerful, powerful to be included in the story as a real live person mm -hmm. gave these people kind of a whole what a, a whole new meaning in their lives, a whole new strength, yeah. energy. They saw themselves differently afterwards. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. To be to, to have to have your life written into a into a story, even into a famous story mm -hmm. then is mm -hmm. is in, impactful in a way that that uh, I, don't, I don't think we can underestimate or mm -hmm. un understate. And what, what, uh, what, I, what I love to think about and to see in this is the character of God, mm. that, that God himself is a storyteller. God loves to tell stories and to, and to tell good stories mm -hmm. with people's lives. And, and that um, how does it... How does it happen for an individual person? Uh, how did that? Hmm. Last week we were talking about about the gospel is a story that that mm -hmm. God is telling is a is a, a true story based on evidence, based on historical fact, based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is a story, a grand story that God is telling um, in the world and and and, and with uh, and with human beings now. This story, this gospel story is held out to us. It is meant, God is, God is inviting human beings uh, into his story. Mm. And how does, it, how does it happen? And I was playing with this uh, in, a, in, a, in a sermon that I, that I, that I preached. Mm -hmm. How does it happen? How do you, how do you come, oh, practically speaking, how do you come into the gospel story? Uh, if you're someone investigating the Christian faith and, and Jesus is compelling and, and, and you find yourself growing and desiring and, and even desiring that, uh, that this, this story might become your own. How does it happen? You write a letter to the author, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. You write a letter to the author. He loves, he loves to get mail <laughs> and he loves, he loves to write stories. Uh -huh. You write a letter to him. And maybe you're someone who, who, who is uh, embarrassed all the time. Uh, maybe you're someone who's, who's always afraid. Uh, maybe you're someone who's, who's bored and looking for adventure. 
whatever, just as you are, whatever weaknesses that you have, whatever, whatever in, in, in your circumstances, the author is a storyteller mm-hmm. and you can write a letter to him and it is his joy to tell a new story with your life. He loves to do that. He loves nothing more than to do that. Mm-hmm. And your, your, your new story uh, begins in this life right now. And it's a, it's a story that, um, I mean, to compare with a Robert Munch story, th- these are often like whimsical, like um, humorous stories of, of children going for adventures and, and so on. And, and, they're, and they're fun and they're wonderful. Now, God's story is uh, all of those things and more because it is going to a fulfillment in the kingdom of God, in the new heavens and the new earth. It is a story mm. that is definitely going to a glorious and grand conclusion. Uh, and Jesus himself is raised as the, as the foretaste and the, and, the, and, and the first fruits of this story. Now, as Jesus has been raised, so too, uh, all those who belong to Jesus uh, have this assurance that that they that they too will be raised and and brought into his fulfilled kingdom in, a, in the new heavens and the new earth, and that is a story that is going somewhere, and it is a story that that belongs to uh, all of all of those who. Uh, embrace the story all of those who receive it all, all of those who uh, write a letter as it were mm-hmm. to, to god and um so 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 that so that whatever circumstances in this life right now whatever is is painful and difficult and broken uh whatever circumstances uh you you know that the author is for you uh, and you know that the author is uh leading uh his grand story and your and, and your small story as part of it, uh, it is a story that is leading to resurrection, mm-hmm. which is a powerful yes. hope generating, hope uh, instilling and hope preserving um, story narrative to find yourself mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So our hope for the for the future in Christ is is a, is a, is just a, a wonderful. Um, how the story ends, right? It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, better, as you said, than any uh, Munch story or any work of fiction. This is just as Jesus historically bodily was raised. So in Christ, Paul says, we shall be raised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Christ has not been raised, then we won't be raised. But surely Christ has been raised mm-hmm. and we will be raised as the rest of the harvest, right? I guess the whole idea of first fruits. He's the kind of the first ripe tomato in the patch, so to speak. Here we are in the middle of summer. Tomatoes are just uh, greening up a bit. Um, He's the first one to be raised, the first human. Mm -hmm. Jesus, both divine and human. But then the rest of the crop uh, comes later. We too uh, will be raised. And how Mm -hmm. that changes us then right now, knowing how our personal story included in Christ's story just um, gives way to a to a glorious, and it's not just a future; it's an eternity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 So to include yourself, or to write the author, as you word it, yeah. 
yeah. Yeah. And, and again, your, your earlier, you know, as we reflected on Jesus, he's not someone to be scared of. Yes, he is powerful. He is God, but he's a servant. He, he's a shepherd who takes the sheep in his arms, scared sheep, wandering sheep, confused sheep. He, he loves us. He has compassion for us. So it doesn't take much. I, I think there's a mistaken idea that to be a Christian, what do you think about this, Jeff, when you talk to people who aren't yet believers, Christians? I sometimes get the sense that a lot, most people think they got to really clean up their act, that it's, a, you know, they first got to start with all these things, kind of yeah, getting yeah, yeah. themselves ready, and then they can take the step. But yeah, yeah, the gospel just says, come as you are, doesn't it? No, that... <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I, again, I'm, I'm struck thinking about one of these um, uh, profiles in the, the six adults who, who became characters in Robert Munch stories. Mm-hmm. One of them was this, uh, as a child, he, he, was, he was like em- embarrassed all the time. He was, mm-hmm. he was constantly one thing to another and, and he was sort of uh, that, that kid in his class. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he ended up, um, <laughs> there ended up being a story, uh, written about this, uh, this, this boy who's so embarrassed all the time in, mm-hmm. in the, out of his relationship with Robert Munch, who, uh, mm-hmm. who knew him and who wrote the story now, like, um, I, it strikes me to, to see in that just a glimpse of how our, weaknesses um even now i have to be careful with this even 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 brokenness mm-hmm. um that 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 is what god wants at mm-hmm. as the starting point for his good story mm-hmm. he receives it mm-hmm. he he takes a person just as they are exactly mm-hmm. as they are mm-hmm. with all with all of the um, weakness and mistakes and, and brokenness and, and, um, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, this is what makes a good story too. It, 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 there is a, there's a progression and change. And, um, I mean, so many of the best stories, uh, like what, what, what a really skillful storyteller does is character development. That is so fascinating as, as like human story listeners and consumers. And think thing about um, uh, just a, for, for example, Jurassic Park. Okay, the original Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety, early nineties, whatever. Um, it's not a story about dinosaurs. Steven Spielberg is a good storyteller. It's not about the the dinosaurs or the window dressing. They're, they're like that. That's what makes it in kind of on a surface level interesting. But what is it a story about? It's a story about a man who learns to love children. Mm. That's, that's the heart of that story. And you're watching Professor Grant over the, the, very, the very beginning. He's very awkward. He doesn't want to have children. That's tension in his relationship with uh, the lady in his life. Um, he doesn't like or understand children over the story. Uh, of this film, you see a man begin <laughs> begin to open his heart mm-hmm. to children and become a man who um, uh, 
uh, cares uh, deeply for and 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 is protecting them. And at, in the end, he's a different man. Mm-hmm. That's a good story, right? And right. so for and, us, yes, to get included in God's story as we are, just as we are, mm-hmm. and then let God do the work in us in Jesus yeah. Christ by His Holy Spirit. That's right. There will be some change, but we don't have to first change ourselves to get into the story. Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Wow. That's what, right. And what a hopeful message that is in a world of, of pessimism and despair and hopelessness. God takes you as you are. It's a simple thing. You look to Jesus. You say, I just need you. I need yeah. your death to cover my sin and my guilt and my shame. And then I'm just going to follow you. And he takes us from there. It, 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 mm-hmm. It's really a, mm-hmm. a, a simple thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, Jeff, we could be talking about the glories of the gospel. It is good news. The gospel, that's what it means. The good news of Jesus, not only crucified, but raised, ascended into heaven, and uh, someday coming back again. And then our dead bodies are raised, and we go into a new earth where there is no more death. That final Mm -hmm. enemy is completely and forever uh, defeated. So what a future for us, huh? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. This has been delightful as we talked about your sermon now many weeks in the past, but it all kind of becomes fresh again as we go into 1 Corinthians 15. And just uh, just thank you for um, your help in these, uh, these episodes. That's an absolute pleasure, Ren. Thanks for inviting me on and thanks for the, for the time together. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down.